If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Opening my beer. I've opened my beer. I don't usually drink fat tire. I forgot it. Like the flavor's different. Hold on. Do you not mm. like it? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeasty, which makes sense because it's beer. I think when when it all comes down, I'm not a great beer fan. Like the only beer that I really like is like Japanese beer, like mm. Kirin and Tsingdao and those. Like I like that. Like somebody sits those in front of me, and I'm like, yes. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to get some of those. Good I'll luck. Ha- I can't find them anywhere. I, well, my favorite beer is Truck Stop Honey. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge beer fan, but I can drink this by you know Back Forty Beer Company, local, local. Uh, but I like I like the beer buzz actually. Mm-hmm. It's like the because beer, it's not debilitating. Because it's not debilitating. <laughs> <laughs> and I usually don't feel like shit because mm-hmm. I I don't drink a lot of beer. Like I'm not gonna sit there and guzzle beer. Yeah, like the gas generally stops you before. Right. It, well, I don't know. I feel like shit like after having drunk a lot of it, but not like I've I, gotten drunk on beer before. Oh yeah. But I, like it, your stomach just starts to bother you, and you just get like kind of groggy more right. than anything else. Yeah. Well, I, I don't drink like it doesn't I don't want to drink a lot of it and I think that's probably like I'll drink till I'm buzzed and Mm -hmm. then I'm like well that's all the beer for me oh see I just keep going Mm. but only in certain circumstances like in I I don't even like football but football and tailgating Mm. like I'll just drink beer and drink beer and drink beer Mm. and sometimes at a fire if there's a fire (laughs) Sometimes fire. Is Sometimes involved. fire is involved. I wanted fire yesterday. See, we're recording on the sixth, I guess, of November. So, yeah. And yesterday was Guy Fox, and I was like, I'm gonna light a fire and have people over, and I couldn't light a fire because it was like the one day that it rained in the entire last two weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. And then it was really windy right afterwards. <laughs> now it's like seventy six degrees outside. It was seventy degrees outside Jesus. last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of squash the foul fire. Yeah, we're uh we're just shooting the shit right now. We don't have we don't have our Courtney. We do not, and so that's why we're drinking beer. Beer, and um, <laughs> she'll laugh at this. I'm sure. Whatever is in the fridge, we did do the second installment. Of yes, our Jello mold. Um, I, I don't even like I've Jello called, mold of doom. Yes, Jello we, mold of mystery. <laughs> it's strange Jello molds. <laughs> we we obviously haven't figured out like a brand name to call it, and I've called it like fifteen different things. And if you look at it on social media, I've called it something different. Like my my marketing is just like. That's okay. That's not what we're paid for. <laughs> Actually, we're not paid for anything. So fuck it all. We do what we can. That's right. Um. Uh. But yes, yeah, so last night's Jello mold was uh, different. <laughs> it was like the official name. What was it? It was lime avocado salad, and it was from the Southern Living 
salads cookbook, mm-hmm. which has a ton of congealed salads in it. Yes. Such, a, such mm. an awful great word. Um, mm. This is the other reason I don't drink beer. Right. Um, so it was, as you'll see from my making of video, which I'll post maybe by the time you hear this. Um, God, you know what your voice does when you really need to burp, but you just won't let it. And it's like, <laughs> it gets all croaky. I know. That's kind of what I was trying to do. So it was like two avocados um, and then you squish them up and then you take, it said a package of cream cheese, but then I realized I don't actually know what that meant in 1964 whenever this was published, like mm. what the sizes were. Um, because I'd, because Ellen, our friend Ellen had sent uh, almost identical recipe from another source. And so I had looked at both of them to try and decide which one. And that one had said, one of them had said two packages of cream cheese and one of them had said like six ounces. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to buy one and cut it in half and toss the cream cheese in. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And I squished it all up. And then I added a jar of pimentos, which our friends, Reiner, well, actually it was Reiner, I think last night told us that those are peppers. I didn't even know that's what pimentos were. Makes sense, but. Courtney's going to laugh because she's told me before what pimentos were, but see my brain. Then retain. And uh, so you pour in a jar of pimentos and a quarter cup, I think, or a quarter of a a chopped up green pepper Mm -hmm. and some grated onion. Mm -hmm. And then you stir it all up and Mm -hmm. you pour in like you, you make one package of lime jello with just like one uh one cup of boiling water so that it's like super concentrated and then you pour it in and you set it that way and it looked like christmas it looked like it It was all creamy greenness with little red flecks and Mm -hmm. i was like you know that that wouldn't suck you could kind of see the little lumps of unmixed cream cheese in there (laughs) there's a bit of a tell (laughs) but um I didn't taste the avocado. We had, we since we were all together for Guy Fox, we had other people with us there, and and almost everybody taste tested this because everybody was Randy. so curious. Yes, except for you, Randy. Randy, and um, none of us could really taste the avocado. I guess that's you know they always say that about avocado that the flavor just kind of. I've made brownies out of it before. You've had those brownies, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and, avocado really does not have a flavor. It's yeah. more of like a butter texture. Mm-hmm. In vegetable format or is it a fruit uh i think it's actually a fruit yeah yeah so that one yeah it was different Mm, yeah patrice sort of hated it yeah not a big fan to me it tasted like crunchy lime dreamsicle jello because i didn't get the onion oh god i got the onion (laughs) straight up got the onion like big old fat green smelly onion and lime jello and you know i tell you what i don't know moving forward if we have a flavored jello if that's going to be my nah really interesting because Half of the problem, other than the smelly onion crunch, was the lime jello with the smelly <laughs> onion crunch. And just, yeah. Are, are, is, you know, we should be logging these. Um, we should be logging all of our discoveries as we do this. Sure. We should chart our experience with mm-hmm. jello. Yeah. Patrice's thesis is That's right. the thesis is Patrice doctorate. will not like. <laughs> flavored jello <laughs> well because what you know you'll be next i guess because courtney's mm-hmm. like 
peace out on all of this. We're lucky she tried anything yet. She wasn't here to try yesterday's. Right. Yeah. So I guess I'm the next one. I think maybe a shrimp. A shrimp. Is that, are you going straight for the shrimp? I think a shrimp something. Just going to. As hard as you can. Go to shrimp town. Just Mm -hmm. shit. I like the idea of having Bloody Marys. Yeah. Along with like the shrimp. Whatever well, it see, is. here's the thing is so much of the shrimp recipes are like are basically Bloody Marys with gelatin in mm-hmm. them. So you don't want like that kind of shrimp recipe with a Bloody Mary next to it because that's too much Bloody Mary. Is it? <laughs> and is there such a thing? OK, <laughs> to be continued, to be continued. The only other thing I have to report to talk about for pre-show have you watched the midnight club have i talked to you about this yet no i, I knew that was that coco it's avi oh. it's um it's on netflix if y'all haven't watched it but i think it just came out last month and it's really good it's by the people that did hill house and midnight mass mm. it's not as creepy yet mm-hmm but it's got kind of an underlying, that underlying sense of unease that follows you through all of their stuff. Mm, like Salem's Lot? Mm, no, no, not like, although I do have something else to say about that. <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't. It's like the storyline is a group of teenagers in the 90s who've all been diagnosed with terminal illness. And so they get spots in this hospice home on the shore. And I think it's in... I think it's in the uh, the Northwest. I think it's, we're talking like... So it's an uplifting film. Yeah, right. Well, like all of theirs, oh, you God. know, I mean, like Midnight Mass. It goes into kind of the brainy side of things like Midnight Mass did, mm-hmm. but it's not as... Um, it's not as heavy as that was yet. I tell you what, anytime a movie or a book opens up with somebody with like cancer, I'm automatically out. I'm like, nope. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm just well, like, maybe this isn't for you then. I'm like, no, it, it's a huge trigger for me. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. I feel like I've seen it so many times that it's just not for me at all. But yeah. I don't have, you know, I mean, I've had cancer in my life. I just haven't had you right. know, immediate. Actually, no, I have had immediate people die from it. So anyway, I've just been fascinated with the idea that like when you start, and it's based on Christopher Pike novels, like YA novels from, I think from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that has really fascinated me about it was this whole concept of when you start like as a writer when you start a story with everyone dying that takes some of you know one of the issues with with writing stories like these is always like what's the ending going to be is somebody going to die who's going to die and in this one it's they all kind of interesting yeah well it's it's kind of a different dynamic it's it's been interesting to watch how Mm. that changes how the story gets told the other thing i was going to say did have to do with salem's lot and i told you it last night but i'll save it for the after talk Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. Okay, here's my story. All right, but I like your necklace. 
Oh, how funny that you mentioned the mm, necklace. That is really cool. I'm feel you could see look, I also have I don't know if you can <gasps> see these. I've got little earrings that have like dragonfly wings on them. I love it. Because it's a buggy. I got a buggy story today. My necklace is a articulated millipede that I bought from Walmart at the 50% off Halloween sale for like $2.50. What? <laughs> so I was like, what? Yeah. Wow. Bugs it's really on cool. my neck. Yeah. 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 It's right up my alley. This story is about bugs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and I have espn i know just saying. it's crazy <laughs> and i some of it we've talked about before but it's it's about fireflies oh cool. so lightning bugs did yes. you call them lightning bugs i'm always fireflies i always called them fireflies but i had friends who called them lightning bugs they're wrong <laughs> i wonder what the like demographic of that is where do they call them what y'all let us know if you call I, we them. should do like a survey or something yeah we'll on. do a survey i don't know we're not going to do a survey yeah, totally I, I didn't write that about down. It in five minutes so but you know regardless of what you called them i'm sure if especially if you were in the southeast at any point in your childhood lightning bugs were part of it i remember i was trying to remember specific things that we did with lightning bugs besides just, you know, we would make the little, the little lightning bug um, homes to put them in with like the mesh on the outside and mm -hmm. the little wood door that would swing shut across the front. You didn't do that. We, or just coffee cans with like uh, holes in the lid. We never caught them. Oh, we caught them and kept them. Oh yeah. We just enjoyed them. I guess. You just looked at them. You yeah. didn't catch them. Mm -mm. Oh my God. That was a huge thing for us. Like, Every summer we would, as soon as summer started, we would spend dusk every night out catching them. Yeah. And like, well, dusk is like when snakes come out too. Oh, yeah. You know? And mosquitoes. And mosquitoes. But so. for some reason, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Mostly in like outside of Richmond when we lived in Newport News, that was like the thing we always did. Mm. Mm. Or in Illinois at my grandparents. So not just a Southern thing. But I remember in Newport News, my friend Oliver would catch him and he would like squish them and put their guts on his face and he would make like, like, I know it was super gross and I hated it because it seemed really cruel that he would take them and he would like squeeze them and all of their like bright would come out and he would paint his face like a football player. Have you seen that thing where you can take Mountain Dew and add like bacon soda or something vinegar or something to it and then it becomes like a firefly belly? Is it true? I don't. Well, I saw it on TikTok, so it must be true. Oh, my God. But if you I, saw it on TikTok, I can't believe neither of my kids has asked to do it yet. I totally. We need to try it. Okay. Because it looked really cool. We're never going to do it. We're never going to do it. We're not writing this down. There it's, will be no survey. There will be no Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, I just forgot about the survey. That <laughs> <laughs> was another thing that we were supposed to do. Yeah. And that's where we are. Lord help us. So I, I don't know if I was thinking of this just because it, I've had part of this on my list for a while, but also it's fucking 76 degrees and I've kind of been <sighs> expecting them to come back out every night. Right. Um, but so I have all the information about fireflies you never really cared about and didn't want to know. But here it is. Hold on. I'm here. They're not flies. They're beetles. I think we all knew they weren't yeah, flies. I mean, once you've seen one, you're like, yeah, that's not a fly. I have a picture of my my child when they were like four or five with their arm just covered up with lightning bugs like all the way up their arm like eight nine ten of them just all and and they were so happy they're just like wide grin all the way across their face i was like you're covered in beetles there's like 2200 species of fireflies in the oh, world shit there's 165 in the u.s and the biggest concentrations of the species happen in the u.s southeast 
the one that you see all the time is the Big Dipper firefly, is the common eastern firefly, and it's called Photinus pyralis, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. It's weird because I was like, I normally take them for granted, but then I see sentences like this. The production of light by living organisms is called bioluminescence. And right. I'm like, That's the, the production word. of life, light by living organisms is just like so mind blowing. Really. It's like a superpower. It is. They it's make like... light with their butts. <laughs> for... <laughs> I wish you could see what Patrice just did. <laughs> Look like totally she was just flashing y'all with her tatas and like <laughs> shining light forth. That's right. At the world. Bioluminescence. <laughs> But it is. It's like fucking amazing. They it make is. light with their butts. Most things that have bioluminescence live in the ocean. They're like the deep sea, like from Finding Nemo, the anglerfish that they're right. like, I'm going to get you. That one. Mm-hmm. They're almost never in the flesh, flesh, fresh water. They there's like fish, jellyfish. There are a lot of bioluminescent jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Dio. No, I'm, I'm not even going to try and say that word. That's fine. Planktonites. Yes. So do you think like it's mostly salt water because of the depth there's more like really deep things in salt water than they evolved mm-hmm. to be that way correct yeah okay. supposedly i mean that's what they think right so i guess it w- it makes sense because most of them like the anglerfish like they are like deep sea mm-hmm. critters that shine like that and i guess it's either to attract prey i think most like with the anglerfish is to attract prey right there are also ones on land and there's so there's bioluminescent fungi. Yeah, there's supposed to be like mushrooms that you can like black light mm-hmm. and, and do up. For real. And this is, I had never heard this before. Do you know the um, the Appalachian History Magazine or book series, The Foxfire? Yeah, I have a couple. Do you know what Foxfire is? <gasps> is it, it the glow-in-the-dark mushrooms? It's the glow of fungi in <sighs> rotting wood. What? It's like a continuous glow that they create in the woods when the certain type of fungi is in rotting wood and like dark mossy places. Mm-hmm. They call it foxfire because you. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. So it's a super efficient chemical reaction. And I don't understand chemistry. I almost failed it. So, Same. but they have a chemical fire. Fireflies have like a in their little butt lantern. They have this chemical called luciferin and an enzyme called luciferase. And both of them come from the Latin word Lucifer. Even though we never said that they were like Satan. But Lucifer didn't mean Satan either. It means like morning star, day star, light bearing. Right. But the light that they produce has like 100% of the energy that is produced by this chemical reaction is light. Whereas like if you have the you know, super efficient light bulbs, like incandescent light. Well, no, incandescent isn't the super efficient one, is it? I don't know. I don't know. The different types. Yeah. But like like an incandescent light bulb is um, 10% light and 90% heat. Oh, yeah. And so fireflies and the other bioluminescent like living organisms, they create light with no heat. So it's like a hundred percent. It's cold light. It it's is hundred percent light. Magic. If we could harness the power of I cold know. light. <laughs> superpowers so basically they're like biological wonders and Mm -hmm. um but this luciferin that lives in their butts it's toxic of course Mm, because one of the things like when you're asking like why do things have these bright lights sometimes it's to attract prey sometimes it's to warn like you know bright colored bugs and bright colored birds or to Mm -hmm. warn other creatures that they're dangerous Mm -hmm. so it does make them taste bad this luciferin Mm. stuff and this one, this was one source. And because my 
my color printer went out of ink. I have no idea because it it prints all my hyperlinks in blue. So I don't know what my source is for that because all my hyperlinks are gone. We'll put them on the show we'll notes. We'll put them on the show notes. Yeah. But there was one source that said it could take as few as 20 fireflies to provide a fatal dose of luciferin to an adult human. Holy shit. So if you wanted to run around shit. eating fireflies. Don't do it. Don't do that. Don't do it. I don't think Oliver putting it, be- it on his face would have cool. been bad. Cool. If you could poison people with it? No. Okay. That's not where I was going with that. But wouldn't it be cool if through some scientific hocus pocus that the firefly butt light (laughs) cured cancer? (laughs) You said butt. And so it would be cool. And if like it cured cancer and then they just like started to glow. Oh my God. And then, yeah. So I seriously was reading like all the scientific articles and stuff on this, thinking, like, what's going to happen? Because, of course, while I'm reading this, all these other things come up from National Geographic about these like mammals that glow under black lights. So they just discovered this new type of like spring hair, or it's like one of those little kangaroo rat kind of things Mm -hmm. that if you put a black light on it, it shines these psychedelic, funky colors. It's like, pink and green and neon everything if it's and in normal times it's just like white white i was like how fuck does this happen like what are we gonna because you know what do people do right well white under a black light's just like really bright really bright like or like neon blue almost right Mm -hmm. which yeah crazy man i know so okay so fireflies bioluminescence wonders they live for about a year or two, which I didn't know. I was like, what? Wow. Well, they're not a fly. They're not They're not a fly. But most of their time is in the larval stage. And when they're in the larval stage, they look creepy as shit. They're this, they kind of look like millipedes, but they're very small. And they have tapered armored plates on the back of them. They're kind of flat and tapered. They don't look anything like fireflies. They don't look anything like grubs or white larvae or anything. They look more like those little segmented millipedes. And Hmm. they are carnivorous. So they run around the leaf litter in your backyard or wherever. They eat snails. They, like, attack snails and hunt them. Wow. And smaller critters like that. And during their larval phase, they're called glowworms because Every species, apparently, of firefly glows during the larval oh my stage. God. They almost look like a roach. Yeah, they're really weird. Yeah. And oh, um, that's creepy. And some of them even glow as <gasps> eggs. Wait, show me what you just saw. Fucking huge. What made you gasp? Oh, that one is big. I don't know what that is. Is I mean, I know it's one, but I don't know what species that is. That's weird. It's the giant firefly. Oh, I don't want that in my life. Yeah. So, yeah, so when they're larvae, apparently they all glow in the dark. If you have them in your area and they're going through this part of their life cycle, Mm -hmm. then you may, if you move leaf litter at night, you might see the glow of, like, glowworms. So so they glow without the the black light. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, they just glow in the dark. Did you see this one eating an earthworm? No, I saw one eating a snail. They Aren't they creepy? They've got, like, like, pincher-like claws and legs and yeah it's I really scary. yeah they're really weird that's what cute little fireflies are like when they're larvae which sounds so innocuous like right larvae they're just laying there rolling around like little white sacks and that's totally not what they are they're like oh they eat slugs yeah too, they eat sticky gooey stuff yeah them. yeah it's Whoa, pretty gross that's stuff a nightmare so so back. that's what's living in your yard probably mm-hmm. those are the sweet little fireflies I know. flying around and i don't remember ever 
I mean, maybe I have. I think their glow is probably pretty minimal, like is is very small. And mm-hmm. I mean, partly because they're small, but partly because that's not like the that's not the part of their life where the glow is really useful. I don't right. know. So I don't remember ever having seen anything like that, but Me apparently either. they're everywhere. Well, obviously, because we have like thousands of them in the yard. Yeah, so. for real. But the term glow worm isn't, it's not specific. It's not only fireflies. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But then, so they live for like two years as glow worms, as larvae. And then they grow up for like three to four weeks. And that's it. They're only adults that look like fireflies the way we think of fireflies for like three or four weeks in the summer. Oh wow! Or late springs, and then um, do they die right after? that? They die right after that. Huh. Do and they some th- of them don't even eat. Like some of them eat pollen when they're adults, and some of them still eat other bugs. But like a big chunk of them, they don't eat anything because their whole existence at three to four weeks, at that last three to four weeks of life, is just to mate, mm. and then they die. Wow! So when we take them, and like when I collected them in jars and like little mesh houses and stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was taking away the entire purpose of their existence. <laughs> <laughs> but so all they do is mate because that's what the flashy butt is for right and like just like people so there's there's that's like what the flashy that's butt what is the for. flashy butt is for <laughs> two there's like two acts in the mating ritual so there's the search and the scramble and the flash patterns that fireflies make are the search section okay. so it's their mating display so it's like you know when you see videos of you know turkeys or whatever flashing their feathers that's mm-hmm. the mating display and fireflies do it by a very specific series of blips and bleeps in their flash pattern. Hmm. So they males will fly around and flash a very specific pattern and females stay on the ground and just flash in response to the males. So each species of firefly, the 2200 species, each one has its own certain pattern and it helps the males and females recognize each other during the mating season because there's more than one species in an area so and the reason there's one called the faturis and it's called the femme fatale of fireflies because the female stays on the ground and imitates the mating lights of the other species around her so that when the other species of male comes down she just kills him and eats him oh wow and that's like brutal that's brutal i mean that's the way insects are i guess like nature is brutal but it's also and it is it's a nature thing because too the type of the species that she eats when she mimics a call the species that she eats produces a steroid that makes this certain type of jumping spider hate to eat these fireflies and her species, the femme fidel species doesn't naturally produce this steroid. So when she eats the males of this other species, she ingests their steroid and it stays in her body. So she builds up this steroid. That's a protection that another species has. And then she takes his, it's like she takes his superpowers. Holy shit. Yeah. And so the jumping spiders on the ground won't eat her because she's got this steroid in her system. Oh my God. That is so fucking complicated. I know it is. I was like fascinated. I geeked my ass out today. Oh my God. But um, so in this search phase, the females prefer these more intense flashes. So the bigger males have an advantage because they've got bigger butts. And, like, <laughs> and then she like kind of the ladies see this like big flash going on and so, she's like, hey, size does matter in fireflies. Size matters in fireflies. So she like turns her butt in his direction. Like literally, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not making that up. Like she actually turns her butt in his direction and flashes a response. And then 
After that, though, it's like all these fireflies mob her because all these males are looking for someone to respond. Mm-hmm. So they come down to this one one female that responds. And mm-hmm. then it's the smallest one that has the advantage because he fast. He's like he'll get in there and he's like nimble. And oh. he'll so in in the scramble phase, it's the little ones that win. Wow. Here's the thing. So when I was older, like older, I don't know. It was after I moved to Alabama. Somebody had told me this. That if you go into a dark field at night and turn and there's no lights around you and you flash your headlights in your car, mm-hmm. then you can get fireflies to simultaneously flash back at you. Oh. And I did it and it never worked. Mm. But I live out in the woods and I've sat and just watched fireflies like blink on and off Mm-hmm. Just with nothing else to do, you know, at night, just mm-hmm. sitting there watching them. And every once in a while, it kind of looks like they're, it's like if you wait long enough, I don't know if it's probability or Do what. They sync up. It looks like they sync up and mm-hmm. then they'll go out of sync again. Right. And you kind of just think like, oh, that's just prop. That is just math. It's just probability. Like right. eventually more than one is going to go off at the same time. Mm-hmm. But apparently it's not just your imagination because the Southeast is home to these really unique fireflies that are synchronized. And there aren't many species in the world that do this. Apparently, southern Appalachia is technically a temperate rainforest. I'd never heard that said before until I started looking this up. But they provide the perfect habitat for like certain species of fireflies. The southeast is special in all of these things. Because like California, other places in the country have fireflies. But California has zero fireflies that flash as adults. You know, like I said, all Mm -hmm. the larvae, they glow. But in California, they have species of fireflies, but none of them flash as adults. It's very it's very unique to the eastern U.S. And the concentration of species is really unique to the southeast. Mm, And um, fireflies, a Tennessee state insect. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that either. Because why do we have state insects? It's just kind of stupid. I don't know. What's the state insect of Alabama? I don't know. The mosquito? No. Yeah. The boll weevil? I think that's the regional uh, (laughs) Are you looking it up? I want to know. It might actually be the boll weevil, which would be messed up. Yeah. Because they're like terrible. They are terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. In Elkmont, Tennessee, and the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, every year, it's either in late May or early June, they announce the dates, usually somewhere near the beginning of each year. There's eight to ten days where you can buy a lottery ticket to go into Elkmont, Tennessee, Great Smoky Mountains Park during the synchronous firefly season. Oh, wow. You cannot just get in. You can't just make a plan and go. They announce the dates. They open the lottery you put your name in, and if you're lucky, you can get a slot. And you you have to go during the dates that they set. They have to set a specific time for you to go see these Photinus carolinus synchronized fireflies. You have to park outside of the park. They have special shuttles that they come get you and bring you to designated watching areas. You're not allowed to have your phone on. You're not allowed to have cameras. You're not allowed to have... No light. No light. Mm -hmm. They have to put like um, red cellophane over all the um, flashlights to get you where you're going because it's less disruptive. Mm -hmm. More than 12,000 people went to see these over the course of their season in 2020 because it's apparently you go and because they limit the light so much all you can really see is these fireflies as they start to glow and the synchronous fireflies 
instead of just being this flicker, I mean, which would be impressive enough if you've ever been in right. a like in a full field at night with standing water and you see all the fireflies. It's really cool anyway, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. But these go off like a wave. So it's like there'll be a little flicker in the corner of a few. And then it's almost like a stadium wave rising and going all the way across the floor. And they'll just like, and some people call it like massive strings of Christmas lights just oh. go off and they all go at the same time. Wow. What time of year does this happen? They usually announce it in the late winter and usually it happens in like Early late sp- May. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they they look at the weather patterns and everything to try and guess when the mating season is going to be. Right. But it's like a huge tourist attraction. People come from international locations to come see I guess these synchronous so. fireflies. I'm going to put that on our list of things to see. I've thought about it. I've I, I've never done it because it just it seems like such a a big to do. You yeah. know, it's um. and I wanted to go when my kids were smaller, but I knew that I couldn't, right. you know, do this whole taking them in cars and shuttles and everything after 9 30 p.m kind of deal right they basically swarm in in these woods and so as people have studied this they found the denser the group of fireflies the more synchronous the flashing but again it is specific to this particular species there's a theory that the synchrony amplifies a signal basically for the entire group so evolutionarily like they're more likely to succeed in mating if they can do this kind of synchronized blinking Mm -hmm. and maybe limit the mishaps of getting eaten by other species kind of thing okay but nobody really knows why there would be a strong enough evolutionary like it doesn't seem to gain them that much so nobody can really understand why they do it like this just it's pretty i know and so there's a university of colorado boulder physicist a physicist there are all these mathematicians and physicists that study this because there's a math of synchrony and they're trying to figure out like what the rules are right and so there's this physicist named Rafael Sarfati of University of Colorado Boulder, who went in with a team of researchers and created a 3D model based on stereoscopic video of the swarm at Great Smoky Mountains Park and found that there isn't some internal clock that makes them all go off at the same time, that they're just copying each other. Oh, it's kind of like somebody flashes their lights like, oh, I'm going to flash my yeah, light Yeah, it's like too. all peer pressure. Right. They're like weak. They're weak-minded little bugs. <laughs> and well, maybe because they just want to all join in the fun. They're maybe like, oh, they it's are. It's a party. Maybe they're very community-minded right? bugs. Oh, you're, that's much better. I like the way you look at things. <laughs> so yeah, he, he basically took bugs in tents out of the swarm. And then when they were alone, they completely lost the beat of everybody outside Mm -hmm. and came out of sync. And then they started to add like a couple in at a time. And it it wasn't until they got to like 15 to 20 fireflies in one location that their flashing stopped being erratic and they started syncing up again. To the left. To to the the left. left. Yeah. To the the right. right. They just didn't have the right, you know, DJ. But uh, so, yeah, they're like fucking posers. They just all like want to be like everybody else. But that's apparently how it works. Mm -hmm. But it's still pretty cool, apparently, to see. And that's not the only synchronized firefly we have. There's one called the Snappy Sync. That's the Photurus frontalis is in Mississippi and East Tennessee. You can see synchronized fireflies at Rocky Fork State Park in East Tennessee. Oak Ridge Wildlife Management is near Knoxville. 
Congaree National Park in South Carolina, Watoga State Park in West Virginia. And then that Fotis Carolinas, the one at Great Smoky Mountains, is also at Grandfather Mountain in North Carolina. But they also have a firefly called the Blue Ghost. Ooh. And it's near Asheville, this area. It's Grandfather mm-hmm. Mountain. And you know how most most fireflies have like that greeny, yellowy light? Mm-hmm. Well, these are only blue or white light comes off of their lanterns. Oh, wow. And it doesn't flash. It just, it will hold one light for up to a minute while it kind of traces the floor just above the leaf litter oh. looking for females. Wow. And I was like, and people have said that when you see those in their mating season, they're just astounding. Wow. But I was like, no wonder people think they're ghosts everywhere. And fairies and Oh my things, God. I know. Right? I was it's like, science, that would y'all. be, that would be something Supernatural else. is science. But females of that species are wingless and they always look like larvae. Like they never become, mm. like they grow to adults, but they never metamorphose into the kind of beetle looking thing that we see. Right. That makes me just think that there's sort of creepers and pedos. The males are just like <laughs> running around looking for like underdeveloped <laughs> girls. But um, there's such a harsh view. <laughs> I know. I'm so, I'm so mean. <laughs> I'm really mean. And there was one more bioluminescence example that I wanted to talk about, even though it's not fireflies. And that's the dismal lights. Because I've been to this place. There are these, there's a carnivorous species of fly larvae that look like just little threads. They're little tiny things. And they're called Orphelia fultoni, and they're called dismalites. They're they're also sort of a glowworm, but it's the only bioluminescent species of dipteran fly. I don't know what that means in North America, but they it's, it's apparently scientifically they produce the bluest light of any studied bioluminescent insect in the world. Oh wow. And that you can find them in Alabama, Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, in like sandstone caves or along stream beds where there's rocky outcroppings and mm-hmm. stuff because they are weird in that they also spin webs, not exactly like spiders, but they put out webs to catch prey and the webs have paralytic chemicals in them. Ooh. So they're these little itty bitty larvae that use their the tips of their bodies to you know, glow and attract prey into these like paralytic webs. Oh, that is just so that's amazing. There's a place in Alabama called Dismal's Canyon mm-hmm. that um, is a really beautiful hike and it's a really beautiful place to go. But they do evening. This It's two times a year when you can get like the peak light from these glowworms. Mm-hmm. And there are so many of them there that they do. They do overnight hikes that you can oh, take wow. and go see all the glowworms at well, Dismal's Canyon. It's for real. It's really <laughs> it's also like I've been there in the daytime and nearly fallen on my ass like, oh. multiple times. So yeah. I was like, God, I'm a little nervous about going there like without much light, light with me right but yeah. um it it would i really would like to because it it no, looks super sure. cool yeah but fireflies there's a there's a society called the xerxes society invertebrate conservation group mm, mm-hmm. that says that one in three um north american fireflies is nearing extinction oh wow because of habitat loss and pesticides and light pollution which i was like i wouldn't think it would have made that much difference but like apparently changes where they can they can't mate and they can't mate in certain areas because they can't see each other apparently they're really really sensitive to it and i also found something that said more than 80 percent of people in the u.s can't see the milky way from where they live that's how much white light pollution we have in like our society so um, have you ever seen the milky way from your home I don't know. I might have. Is it? They mean the whole galaxy? I was thinking the Big Dipper, but it, the Milky Way is the galaxy, isn't right. it? Yeah, it's the galaxy. It's then like, maybe not. Okay. 
Have you? I don't think so. No, I'm gonna I've never. Have to look this I'm up gonna more. have to go look. I've never like looked for it. I thought we were part of the Milky Way. Did are we not? Girl, I don't know. Science, science, science. <laughs> but um, anyway, so uh, this part of the reason why the the places like Elkmont and some like Grandfather Mountain are so specific about the rules of seeing these fireflies mm-hmm. is because they're endangered. They're endangered, and mm-hmm. you have to protect them. And some of them just shut down those trails at certain times of year, so you you may not be able to see them. But if you do follow the rules, please follow the rules. Right. And if you want more fireflies in your yard. Add humidity. Leaves. Leaves. Don't use pesticides. Right. Let your grass get long. I mean, my my backyard is like a firefly, like wonderland, because it's a fucking shit show in every other <laughs> sense of the word. You know, it's like there's all kinds of crap everywhere that never gets mowed and never gets raked. And but it, I, it's we don't lovely, use pesticides. Yeah, it's a lovely habitat. So, yeah, that's my story about lovely. the fireflies and the crazy synchronous fireflies of the southeast. That is so cool. I love that. Um, just to follow up on Alabama's state insect uh-huh. is the monarch butterfly. What? I know. It is not. It That's is. bullshit. Okay. I know. But hold on. Hold on. And then the Mississippi. <gasps> um, here we go. Is the European honeybee. Why? Why? I, I don't know. Let's find it's Georgia. It's European. I don't know. I don't know. Also, Louisiana is the European honeybee. Apparently, the European honeybee is a lot of states' insects. Wow. Even um, though we're killing them by droves, like by <laughs> over pesticiding. Over pesticide. Okay. Oh, and Georgia is also. <laughs> The European oh honeybee. You know what? I feel like somebody passed out a template when they first decided that there were going to be state insects, and it included the European honeybee. And like those three, well, I think like everybody, a bunch of states were just like, and eh, just leave it. Just like the um, glowworms, everybody is like, I'm going to do me, and they're going to be like, what I'm going to do? It's like a wave of bees. European honeybees. Like, That's a great idea. The Eastern honeybee. The Eastern honeybee. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. And we will talk to you later. Bye.